Welcome to the Fairest Love Shrine Podcast, where we share spiritual, practical ideas for how to live family life with a beautiful, self-sacrificing love. In this episode, we're talking with Julia Hogan, author, therapist, owner, and clinical director of Vita Optimum Counseling. Welcome, Julia. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited because today we're going to talk about authentic self-care, what it is, what it isn't, and what it looks like in family life. And you're kind of a guru in that sense. I mean, thank you, but I, I don't know if I deserve that term yet. There's still still more work to be done for sure, but thanks. That's, that's great. Um, so tell us before we launch into kind of our, our discussion about self-care, just give us a little bit about you and kind of how you got to where you are today. Yes, absolutely. So I am a licensed clinical professional counselor, which is just the, I guess, fancy term for being a licensed therapist counselor. Um, But what makes my work unique is that I went to uh, the Divine Mercy University. At the time, it was known as the Institute for the Psychological Sciences. Uh, But they're really cool because what they do is they only do psychology integrated with the Catholic faith. That's the only degree that they offer. So master's level and um, counseling, but that's their specialty. So I always say I took all of the classes I needed to be licensed as a therapist and then some lots of philosophy and theology and talking about, you know, what does it mean to like, what is the meaning of suffering and healing? And what does the Catholic worldview bring into the discipline of psychology, the science Mm -hmm. of psychology that maybe is missing Um, And just even looking at the psychological benefits of, you know, prayer and things like that. Mm -hmm. So that's really my background. And then I moved back here to Chicago, uh, my home base now. Mm -hmm. And I've been working as a Catholic therapist since then. And it's been really amazing to see we're really filling a need um, because Mm -hmm. I think that there's lots of misconceptions about therapy Mm -hmm. in general, but then there can also be misconceptions about mental health and the spiritual life. And those Mm -hmm. things can get a little bit confusing. So it's been really neat to see people becoming more and more open to it and seeing the real true value and how faith and psychology can actually, excuse me, work together. And so, um, yeah, it's been really cool. So that's kind of what my day to day is. Nice. We'll have to have you back for another episode to talk about that therapy and spirit, the spiritual and therapy side of things and how they can work together really well. Oh, yeah, I think that'd be a great, a really Mm -hmm. good discussion for sure. For sure. sure. So let's dive in. I would love for you to define for us self care, what you see it as, um, so people can understand a little bit more, because I think often, we either see self care as like, go buy more Starbucks for yourself, like take care of yourself, go get that donut. Um, or we see it as something that like, ooh, we probably shouldn't do that. It's like a bad thing. So walk us through that. Yeah, of course. I think we often, self-care is definitely a buzzword, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we see it everywhere, but I think what is presented in a lot of what we read and see in the media is a very narrow sliver, or I would say like a shallow definition of what self-care mm-hmm. is. Because like you were saying, I think a lot of times it's defined as just doing what feels good or mm-hmm. that treat yourself mentality, right? You had a stressful day, go get a manicure, go get a pedicure, go get your, like you said, your Starbucks mm-hmm. coffee, which I love, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, okay. or I've been seeing a lot more of self-care is skincare that a lot mm-hmm. of skin, um, skincare companies, you'll see, you know, like the ultimate self-care routine and it's mm-hmm. having certain serums and lotions and things like that. Mm-hmm. I also love skincare, but it at the same time cannot solve, you know, stress that you're going through and things like that. So when we're talking about authentic self-care, I really view that as going much, much deeper. And I mm-hmm. define that as any practice that promotes your 
um, physical, mental, emotional, relational, and spiritual well-being. So these those five different areas. And that's a really broad definition, but purposely so because it's taking that focus away from just doing what feels good and looking more at how do I address things that are maybe not going well in my life and implementing practices that will mm-hmm. promote my well-being. Because if I'm taking care of myself, then I'm able to live my life in the fullest way and not mm-hmm. in like a cheesy way, but more, sure. in, you know, we all believe we have a vocation and a specific mm-hmm. way that we're supposed to do good in the world and mm-hmm. grow closer to God. And if we're not taking care of ourselves, how on earth are we supposed to do that? Well, right. Mm-hmm. Like, I always give a really kind of silly example, but um, I'm always tempted to book more clients into my day. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm always like, oh, what's the harm? I'll just squeeze one more in. It'll be totally fine. But then that usually means that I'm skipping lunch, right? And if I'm skipping lunch, then during that lunch hour, I'm meeting with a client, but am I fully present with them? No, sure. because my stomach mm-hmm. is growling. I'm thinking mm-hmm. to myself, you probably should have made time for lunch today. And, you know, was it worth it? Your client's not getting your best work. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my mind is wandering. I'm not fully present. And so I think, you know, yes, it's a silly example. I think there are much larger issues probably going on than did Julia eat lunch today? But at the same time, just to show that, you know, if I'm not practicing self-care by eating a nutritious meal, mm-hmm. then I'm not able to be the best therapist I can in that moment. So mm-hmm. If any clients are listening, no fear. I always block out my lunch hour. I learned my lesson, so we're all good now. Good, good, good. Um, I'm curious about these five areas that you talked about. Can you just like really briefly walk us through the five areas and kind of how you came to that idea? Yes, I think we often tend to think, oh, our mind, you know, our minds can control everything, right? Mm-hmm. So we think of self-care maybe in that way, like I need to worry less or I need to, mm-hmm. I don't know, calm down or stop stressing or something, mm-hmm. all easier said than done. But I think particularly as Catholics, we see the whole person, right? And the whole person, those are those five different areas. So our physical health is important if we're not getting enough sleep, if we're not eating properly, if we're not mm-hmm. exercising, our body can't function at its best, right? right? If we're not taking care of our emotions, that could be even just being aware of our emotions to begin mm-hmm. with, listening sure. to them. What are they telling me about my experience? Mm-hmm. Not seeing them as um, the enemy. I think sometimes too, we can say mm-hmm. like, oh, I shouldn't feel angry. No, what is that anger telling you, right? Mm-hmm. What's it? What information is it giving it? you. Mental Mm -hmm. health more or mental self-care, I should say, would be more along the lines of um, challenging any negative thinking that you might have or anxiety, Mm -hmm. depression, addressing those sorts of things. Um, Relational self-care, healthy relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Setting healthy boundaries, making sure you're learning communication skills, but also I would say like a healthy relationship with yourself, body Mm -hmm. image, self-image, that sort of thing. And then obviously spiritual self-care, making sure that you're investing in your relationship with God Mm -hmm. um, in an authentic way rather than, you know, a transactional way or something Mm -hmm. like that. So, and those five areas are not meant to be overwhelming or that you Mm -hmm. have to address them all at once, right? (laughs) It's definitely more taking a look at like, what's the most out of balance and what step can I take Mm -hmm. and then kind of add on there, right? Because there's also that spillover effect. If I'm Mm -hmm. focusing on getting enough sleep, I might be in a better mood. I might have less negative thinking. I might have a longer fuse, right? When I'm Mm -hmm. with other people, I might be able to focus more when I pray. So they all kind of are interconnected, which I think Mm -hmm. is a a good thing. 
Yeah, no, that's totally true. I think this is so interesting because it's this, what you're describing as authentic self-care is a vastly different, I think, than what most people think of self-care as. Yes. Um, So how do you, even in your practice or even in the the first book you wrote, which is about self-care, how do you help people under like make that mental switch of like, it's not just treat yourself. It's looking at like kind of the bigger picture, the holistic view of you and choosing things for that instead. Uh, yeah. I think it's really kind of um, creating, I would say like creating an invitation to see, to switch that definition, right. To go from, well, self, isn't self-care selfish or isn't it just treating yourself and looking more at, okay, let's, let's like backtrack a little bit and look at, okay, who do we, and I kind of, I do walk through this in my first book, but you know, we're created and loved by God, right? So we believe we're created in the image of God. And so if we believe that we have our inherent dignity. Uh, and so we have, I would argue an obligation to take care of ourselves because we're created in the image and likeness of God. And sure. I bring up the gospel quote of love your neighbor as yourself, because mm-hmm. I think we often think, okay, I'm supposed to be, you know, the golden rule, do unto others as you would have done unto you. But we, it's so other focused, right? And it, it needs to be. Um, but I also take the alternative view of if we're not treating ourselves well, if we're not taking mm-hmm. care of ourselves, why are we doing for others what we would, wouldn't do for ourselves, right? If we're saying, well, you, you are stressed, take a break. How can I help you? And then we turn to ourselves and we say, why can't you do it all? You know, you're such a failure. You should be able to get all of these things sure. done, right? That kind for of sure. dichotomy there. So I try to, um, both in the book and then my work with my clients is really inviting them to see this isn't a, um, this is kind of just helping you return more to who you're meant to be rather than this kind of like, I don't know, like a, like cheesy sort of pop psychology type of thing, which I think is what it's painted as, right? Which Mm -hmm. I totally get, right? If you're seeing a commercial and saying this latest serum is is self-care, of course you're going to be a little bit skeptical. So I find that a lot of my work is helping to challenge those misconceptions, right? Like Mm -hmm. we're talking about authentic self-care, that's mm-hmm. not selfish. It's actually the opposite of that, right? Sure. Or it's not about being perfect, or it's not about forgetting about your obligations. It's it's these implementing these practices that help you live out your purpose more fully. Sure. That makes total sense. Um, I wonder if you can give either some examples of what you would see as like good authentic self-care, or if that is kind of person-to-person basis, like how to go about discerning, I think, what is gonna be authentic self-care for you. Yeah. Really good question. And um, you're right. It kind of differs from person to person um, based on just what your needs are, your stressors are. Mm -hmm. If you're more of an introvert, you're probably going to cherish journaling or, you know, walking by yourself versus Mm -hmm. an extrovert might think I need to go out and spend more time with people or attend more events, right? So it definitely differs from person to person. Um, But some examples, I mean, they can be they can be really simple things, right? Like I was mentioning, just making sure you're eating regularly or mm-hmm. making sure that you're going to bed on time or, you know, whatever season of life you're in trying to get what a decent amount of sleep looks like mm-hmm. as parents. I know that's really hard sure. to do. Um, so getting uninterrupted eight hours is like, what is that? Never experienced mm-hmm. that before, right? Or it's been a while. Um, but it can also look like you know, if you have a busy day looking at what are my priorities for that day and let me clear away all the extra stuff and just focus on those things and accept that I won't get everything done, right? Or it might be 
say no to an invitation or someone requesting something from you, um, which I think can be really hard sometimes to say no, but that can be a form of self-care. Going to therapy can be a form of self-care. Exercise can be reading, um, journaling, going to spiritual direction, obviously Mm -hmm. prayer, or if there's like a specific uh, form of music that you like. I mean, really like it could be anything, but what mm-hmm. matters most is that it's helping you address any stress that's in your life and helping you be more present and more yourself. So yeah, it'll look different from person to person, but there's the good news is there's literally tons of ideas out there and it's more just a question of personalizing it. And actually in my book, there's a the second half is a workbook portion. So I walk you through the five different areas and then I lead you through how do you create an action plan for all of that too. So it's very, my goal was for the reader to go through the book and be able to leave with a concrete plan that's realistic and that Mm -hmm. you can implement and not one of those ones where you're like, I'm going to totally change my life and I'm going to, you know, do all these things. It's more of how can we implement this today so you can start experiencing the benefits in a realistic way. I think that's great. I think too, it's so good to know that it's really different for each person. Cause some people can be like, Oh, I rest so well doing this. Like you should do this. Like I have a friend who just loves movies and rests with movies. And I sit in a movie and I'm like, I could be doing a hundred other things right now in these 90 minutes. Like this is not restful for me. And it like stresses me out. And for her, she's like, this is the best thing ever. So like knowing that about ourselves, I think can be really helpful. And yeah. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And I think it's it's not one size fits all and it shouldn't mm-hmm. be because I think it can be easy to take self-care and say, well, now I have to find the perfect self-care routine mm-hmm. or if someone is doing this and that's their form of self-care, do I need to be doing that too? Or why doesn't it work for me? And that's mm-hmm. so, so not the point of it, right? It's sure. more looking at what do you need and what really helps you feel rested or rejuvenated because mm-hmm. our lives are so busy that we just mm-hmm. don't even take the time to do true leisure, right? Mm-hmm. So that means not probably scrolling through your phone. Um, but I think a lot of people are like, come home, you know, from work or they have a break and they immediately go to their phone and they're watching right. videos or they're scrolling through things. I've definitely, I definitely do that yeah. too. But it's like a good reminder of mm-hmm. when, I'm, when I put my phone down finally, am I feeling like, rejuvenated and uplifted. No, I just like Mm -hmm. dissociated and checked out for 15 Mm -hmm. minutes and now checked back into my life. Right. So thinking like, what are these practices that really help me feel rejuvenated and rested? That's the goal there. Mm -hmm. That makes total sense. So how do you see kind of this idea of self-care jiving with the Christian idea of like pouring ourselves out in service to another, right? We're recording this actually during Holy Week. Um, and I think this is the yes. perfect example, right? Like here's Christ. He's about to die on the cross for us. And we're like, oh, like I need to go take my walk in nature today. Self-care. <laughs> so like, how do we, how do we combine these two ideals? Yes. I think at first glance, they can seem like they don't go together, but mm-hmm. there's a dissonance there. I think though, the key is thinking less about, um, well, I, let's backtrack for a second. I think a lot of times we hear saint quotes and things like Mother Teresa, mm-hmm. like um, like love until it hurts or give until it hurts, right? Mm-hmm. And those sorts sure. of things. Um, and I think sometimes that can get sort of twisted into you don't matter as a person, mm-hmm. only other mm-hmm. people do, right? Sure. Um, and so I think if you are... I guess, yes, since we're in Holy Week, we may as well use this as a good example, right? And I think when we look at (laughs) Jesus dying on the cross, he's giving his entire life 
right? Mm -hmm. Like an entire life of service. He is giving his life completely on the cross, like pouring everything out for us, like giving his all. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we are, when we get those kind of saint quotes of like give until it hurts and that sort of thing, I think we misinterpret that into like, let my, let me run myself ragged. Let Mm -hmm. me burn out. Let me in the name of being, you know, selfless or Christian, Mm -hmm. just like literally run myself to the ground. But then what happens, right? Mm -hmm. You're burnt out. You're like stress, your bodies, your adrenals, everything's like messed Mm -hmm. up. You can't sleep. You're you're irritable. You're angry. What are we accomplishing? there. Mm -hmm. Nothing, right? right? Are you really living out your mission? And I think if you look more, you kind of take some steps back from Holy Week and you look at, you know, Jesus praying in the desert, or there were times where he was preaching to the crowds and he got in the boat and Mm -hmm. withdrew to pray, right? Right. Like thinking about those moments and thinking about, you know, I'm sure for us, we would think, well, there's so many more people to be healed or Mm -hmm. that, you know, we've got to keep going. Like there's so much to do. He was only in his Mm -hmm. earthly mission for what, three years, right? Right. 30 to 33. So there's just, I mean, there's so much like, oh, shouldn't he have been doing more from that Mm -hmm. idea of like give until it hurts. right? Right. But looking more at how he, yeah, withdrew to pray or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, kind of like disappeared into the crowd sometime Mm -hmm. or went off into the desert. So we see all these forms of like he, he went and he took time for, um, you know, that rejuvenation Mm -hmm. through prayer, or maybe it was fasting, right? Self-care isn't always easy. It can be Mm -hmm. annoying to turn the, you know, turn Netflix off at a decent hour and go to bed, Mm -hmm. right? What do you mean? I'm going to go give myself a decent, you know, night's sleep. But, um, but yeah, I think that, those two ideas do fit together because if we're taking care of ourselves, we're making sure that we're able to be there fully for mm-hmm. others, right? And mm-hmm. that's what we're looking at when Jesus is dying on the cross is that he's giving himself completely to others. Mm-hmm. So we can't, if we're not taking care of ourselves, how are we giving our, of ourselves fully, right. right? We're giving the like tired, cranky, stressed mm-hmm. version rather than yep. the like loving, open, authentic version, mm-hmm. which is what we all want to strive for. Exactly. I love that. I had someone once told me like, you you can't pour from an empty pitcher. Like if you Mm -hmm. haven't taken the time to fill your own pitcher, like you can't be filling others up at all. Like you're just pouring emptiness. And so I think that's also part of like what you're talking about in that kind of self-care is like you need to make sure that you've filled yourself up so that you can then overflow into the others um, in that way. Exactly. Exactly. And I think when you think about it that way, then it feels like there's a purpose to self-care, right? It's no mm-hmm. longer this like self-indulgent skincare, manicure, sure. Starbucks run. It's, oh, if I'm taking care of myself, then I'm able to be there for my mm-hmm. family, for my friends, for my workplace, whatever mm-hmm. it is for myself, all of those yep. things. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So let's talk a little bit specifically about self-care in family life. So whether you're a mother or father or whether maybe you have children and you're trying to t- teach them the proper use of self-care? Like, how do you see that? Talk us through some, I don't know, tips or tricks that you would have. Yeah, of course. I think that this, the family life is a great opportunity to start instilling self-care principles, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think particularly for parents being able to model that you are not always just mom or just dad, right? That Mm -hmm. you have your emotions or things that you need to take care of too, and you're communicating it in a healthy way, for sure. Not like, sure. I'm stressed, you guys are bothering me, get away from me. But more mm-hmm. like, I need to take a couple minutes to mm-hmm. just cool down and I'll be mm-hmm. right back. Let me just, right. you know, walk around the block, 
obviously someone needs to watch your kids when you do that, but (laughs) disclaimer. Um, But no, I think, uh, I think it's a great opportunity to be uh, modeling, taking care of yourself and showing Mm -hmm. your kids that, you know, we, we learn to recognize our emotions. We learn to acknowledge Mm -hmm. when we're not feeling well or we're stressed. And then we empower ourselves to take action to address those things. Right. Mm -hmm. So if someone's having a tantrum or there's an argument that, healthy communications being modeling modeled or, you know, being able to say, let's all just kind of take a minute, go do our own things. And then we'll come back and see if we can talk about this in a different Mm -hmm. way. So I really think it's because it's, I'm going to get on my little soapbox for a second, (laughs) but it's not something that's talked about in schools, right? We don't get any like boundaries, education or emotional Mm -hmm. awareness really, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and those types of skills that we need. And so, I think all the more important, you know, to remember that, you know, the family is kind of the school of life and this is where we learn things. And, um, you know, not, I think that kind of just a reminder that, yes, this is not a course they're getting in school. You don't have to worry about teaching them calculus or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But thinking like, how can I model self-care? You know, that we set mm-hmm. limits for ourselves or we set a bedtime and we honor it or we establish mm-hmm. a bedtime routine together as a family so that sure. we all learn how to wind down before bedtime, right? Mm-hmm. Or eating dinner together as a family. I think those are all ways of saying, you know, we honor our relationships with one another or mm-hmm. we're all practicing taking care of each other and, you know, watching out for one another, but everybody's modeling it because as sure. we know, kids are like little sponges and soak mm-hmm. up everything. So if they're seeing mom and dad really, you know, not just like, oh, I'm exhausted and I'm, you know, burnt out and, I, and I'm irritable and I'm angry, but I'm not doing anything about it. They're saying, okay, mom's recognizing she's stressed. She's taking care of it. I'm learning as I'm watching these things. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. That makes sense. Do you have resources that you suggest to parents other than like modeling the behavior themselves, but resources for kind of teaching kids about this? Because it's true, like it's not taught in our school. So <laughs> we, we got to do that at home and we right. have to do it really well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, I think, um, Dr. Gregory Popchak, I don't remember the name of the book, but I think he yeah. has some good books about just like modeling good, um, like healthy emotions and things. I, yeah, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. There's also a book called uh, from the boundary series boundaries with kids that can also be helpful as well. I mean, there's boundaries in marriage and then regular boundaries, Mm -hmm. which is just like boundaries overview. So as a parent, you know, if you want to start kind of learning yourself before you start communicating Mm -hmm. boundaries to your kids, you can always kind of start there. Um, I'm glancing over at my bookshelf here to see if mm-hmm. there's any <laughs> any other good ones that come to mind. Um, one book that I really, really like, it's not necessarily parenting, but I think can still apply, mm-hmm. is um, Brene Brown's The Gifts of Imperfection. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good one too, right? Because it's looking at, we don't have to present this like perfect image of ourselves to other people, but that there can be opportunity in knowing our weaknesses and imperfections. And I think Mm -hmm. that's important as parents too, Mm -hmm. that we don't put that pressure on ourselves to be perfect parents and then feel Mm -hmm. guilty or feel ashamed. Um, It's not about being perfect, right? It's about just uh, being authentic to your kids. Mm -hmm. I love that book. Actually, it's one of my, one of my favorite. It's a good one. (laughs) It's a good one. It's a really good one. And she's got so many little nuggets that you're like, oh yes, yes. So true. It's one of those books where you like dog ear every page and then you're Mm -hmm. like, well, what was the point of dog ear? (laughs) I started highlighting and then I was like, I'm highlighting this whole book. I need to stop. I need to like, just write down a couple notes. So (laughs) that's good. That's super great. 
Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we want to talk about with self-care. What about, Julia, do you see any other kind of bigger issues or things that you kind of encounter maybe with your clients or even, you know, as a result of the first book you put out, which is called It's Okay to Start With mm-hmm. You, right? We just focus on self-care. Anything else that we're missing in this conversation? <laughs> um, I don't know that there's anything necessarily that we're missing. I think the biggest thing is just really um, challenging that pop culture, pop psychology definition of mm-hmm. self-care and going deeper. Um, that's something that I'm just like really, really passionate about. So I mm-hmm. like, I think I was telling you earlier before we started recording, I could talk all day about this mm-hmm. and then some probably, but I hit the highlights there. Um, and yeah, if it's something you're interested in learning more about, my book really does the first half really goes into more like the theory and laying the foundation for mm-hmm. what authentic self-care is from the Catholic worldview. And then the second part is that more work- workbook portion where you're coming up sure. with a plan and that sort of thing Great. too. Okay. That makes total sense. Um, one last question before you go. So if let's say somebody's like, okay, like I get it. Like I need to start focusing on this or I need to like make this a little bit of a priority in my life. Where should people start? Yes. Great question. I would say don't overcomplicate things. Don't feel like you have to go buy anything or take a course or mm-hmm. you don't need any special equipment. It can mm-hmm. like literally just thinking about, you know, what are the activities in my life or things that I do that I feel good when I do them, mm-hmm. right? And then see if you can implement implement that in your day. Sure. Um, and that can be something like going outside when it's sunny out with a cup of coffee and just like mm-hmm. listening to the birds and the wind and that sort of thing, right? Or it could look like reading a book or setting a, asking your family to give you 15 minutes of quiet time so you can mm-hmm. go and read something or journal sure. or just walk around the block, right? But really, mm-hmm. I think starting from that point of like, let me think of times in my life where I did things that really left me feeling rejuvenated. And then how can I find some way to implement a semblance of that, right? Because mm-hmm. um, we sure. can't all go away for those amazing like 14 day like wellness retreats in the mountains. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, they sound amazing, but (laughs) we've got lives to live here. Exactly. Not entirely practical for the average mom (laughs) with kids at home and all of that. Exactly. Totally. Okay, great. So before I let you go, tell us a little bit about your new book, which launched about a month ago. Yes. Um, Yeah. Tell us. Just shy of a month. Yes. So that one is called A Work in Progress, Embracing the Life God Gave You. And that is so I earlier we were talking about what is not taught in schools. So sure. this book is really it's I break it down into several different skills. And it's focusing on learning these skills, implementing them to help you live an authentic, purpose filled life. Um, it's nice. geared towards young adults, I would say like college age, early in career, but honestly, mm-hmm anybody can benefit from it because it is really the book I wish that I had when I was kind of starting out in in college and things, Um, you know, looking at how do you identify what your values are in life? What are your Mm -hmm. priorities? Challenging arbitrary Mm -hmm. expectations, you know, that you're living your life by, right? Like I should have this or I should be doing that. Um, making decisions. Obviously, there's a chapter in there in self-care because there's always more to say about that. Um, healthy relationships, all those sorts of things. Um, but yeah, it's it's really designed to provide skills to help you feel like you are living the, you know, even if you feel like you don't have everything figured out, right? I think we often feel like, well, if I meet this milestone or that milestone or that milestone, I'll know that I'm living a purposeful, meaningful mm-hmm. life, sure. right? 
but we forget about all the in-betweens. So this book really addresses how do I live those in-betweens, especially if I'm not really sure where I'm supposed to be going? How can I make Mm. sure that I'm really taking an active role in, you know, discerning where God is directing me and then implementing all of these skills, knowing that they're going to be like propelling me forward, even if I'm a little bit unclear of like what's Mm -hmm. next. (laughs) That makes sense. Awesome. So we will link to your two books and the books that you also recommended in the show notes for anybody who is looking for them. And if people want to find you, where is the best place to kind of find you on the internet? Yes, I do hang out on the internet. Um, (laughs) So my writing website where my books and things are are at juliamariehogan.com. And then my private practice is Vita Optimum Counseling. Mm -hmm. They're both, I think they're linked to each other for sure. My writing links to my private practice. So if it's too much of a tongue twister to to type in. Um, And then if anybody is on Instagram, I do post a lot on there. So I'm uh, Julia Hogan LCPC over there as well. Awesome. This was an excellent conversation. Thank you so much, Julia. This was great. I really Mm -hmm. appreciate it. This was awesome. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ferris Love Shrine podcast. If you enjoyed it, we'd love for you to visit us at ferrisloveshrine.org to learn more about the project. And if you liked this episode, please share it with family and friends.